Peace and love, everyone. This is another edition of the Mind, Body, Energy, and Balance podcast. We okay, Flo? Yes, we are. Just testing, testing mm-hmm. everything, testing the mics, testing it all. Uh, welcome to uh, another episode. Uh, I am Samut, Mama Yoga, Mama Yoga Wellness, and we are um, welcoming our producer producer extraordinaire, Flaw 700. What's up, Flaw? What's going on? Something, something a little different. Um, trying, trying something a little different with the video. Yeah. Uh, usually, usually exactly. we're uh, you know, sitting across from the table, but now mm-hmm. we're uh, doing it virtual. It's 2023. Might as well use the technology. Yes. What is real? What right. is not real? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's open our show, um, giving praise and honor to our ancestors upon whose shoulders we stand. Uh, May all of the genius, the wisdom, the skill, the love uh, that they imparted and that they attained while they were here be passed to us that we may share uh, with the community at large that hears the sound of our voice and be better nourished and blessed for the blessings. Give thanks, give thanks, give thanks, give thanks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So usually we talk about, you know, a current event and put it in perspective in terms of mind, body, energy, being in balance. Um, I haven't really focused on any current events, you know, uh, at this stage or or today for this week. Um, Anything you noticed that uh, came up, Flaw, that you want to share possibly? Well, uh, real quick, uh, Mm -hmm. just to recap the previous episode, which is what I like to do. Yeah. Um, Last week's poll was, uh, would you go 50-50? In a relationship, mm-hmm. and right now, with ten hours left, the polls are tied. <laughs> no, it's a hundred percent yes. It's yes. Fifty fifty mm-hmm. is kind of the thing that um, people are into these days, and mm-hmm. it was voted fifty fifty. Also, uh, last week we touched on uh, Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade's fifty fifty situation, and we mm-hmm. talked about this before we hit record that you know the reels on Instagram are really taking off, but it just seems like the people aren't really listening to the full 60 seconds of it. Right, right, They're just right. saying, why don't you mind your business? <laughs> and as I sit here and I, um, you know, because I was here when you did it, I'm like, well, that's the point. <laughs> that's right. what we were trying to get everybody to understand is what works for them works for them. But, mm-hmm. you know, people, attention span spans, they're just... Mm-hmm. It's getting shorter and shorter to where you can't even give people 60 seconds of entertainment anymore. It has to be um, real, very brief. So, yeah, no, you have to. Yeah. The attention span is eroding. And I thought the topic last week was excellent. One mm-hmm. of the topics we touched on. Um, nobody. What I saw in the comments was people saying, I don't care about their business, you know, and. True indeed, neither do I, really, you know. Um, It was, I think it really was me asking what y'all think about, you know, them going 50-50 that spawned those type of responses, you know. The point is, though, what works for you, Mm -hmm. you know. And like you said, you know, how how does what you got going on in your life, how's that helping your relationship? How does that work for you, you know? And that's that's the point. Um, but yeah, so hundred percent people is like, yeah, let's go fifty fifty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's, that's the world we live in. Yeah, that's what's up. That's the time period we living in. That's all good, you know. If that's what works for people, that's what works. 
um, for folks, you know. I have um, other people talking about some of the other things that we shared um, in terms of the chat GPT mm-hmm. um, and the whole avatar experience, you know, that um, the chat GPT and AI, you know, is coming onto the scene. It's already been onto the scene, like we said in that particular episode. Um, Elon Musk stated, y'all are already part, we're already part cyborg, mm-hmm. you know, because of the dependence, the the interdependence really um, on, of the cell phone and these screens and, you know, us using the digital era so much is already infused in our um, energy, so to speak, right? So, you know, it is what it is and people going to feel how they feel, child. I'm not, you know, I'm not tripping about how somebody I don't even know, don't even know me, Mm -hmm. you know, their comments. We put it out there for people to comment on. Right. You know, when the internet first, you know, opened up and blossomed and all of that, I would say, don't put stuff, if you don't want people to know your business or what's going on with you, don't put it on social media. Right? Because that, what you putting it out there for? You know, Um, if you don't want people to have comments on it, you know, which is a dangerous kind of thing because you open your, you know, your world and what's going on with you up to, you open that up to literally hundreds, if not thousands of comments about your life that people don't have a full, well-rounded picture or understanding about. So same thing with these celebrities, you know, they put their dynamics out here, like, you know, Gabby saying she and her man go 50-50 or whatever for whatever that reason. People going to comment on that. If you put it out there, people going to have something to say about it, whatever. And that's the risk you take. You just have to decide whether it's going to matter to you or not. Absolutely. And if you want people. The other thing people do with their social media is they it's like a diary, you know? Like people are really like writing like every single thing. Like back in the day, back in the day day, when a person would keep a journal or quote unquote a diary, you would write your feelings or your experiences of the day down in that diary or in that journal. You'd write them down, you know, what situation took place and how you felt about the specific situation. But now social media posts for many people are, um, in fact, you know, a way of journaling or a way of putting down, you know, a diary. They're using it like a diary, you know, and I I find that to be a little um, odd for me, from my personal taste. You know, again, you're sharing every single thing that's happening with you to people that you don't even know or don't know you in a holistic way. Well, yeah. Well, social media, um, we as a general public are kind of losing track of what it was for. Mm-hmm. It was really a way for family to mm-hmm. stay in contact. So if you think about that, where your Facebook page, your Instagram page, your Twitter mm-hmm. page mm-hmm. Um, is supposed to be family, then you can understand why you share certain things. Mm-hmm. But, and I've um, been guilty of this as well, to where I had to do like a massive cleaning. Yeah. It's like, why do I have thousands of people on my Facebook? Why do I have thousands of people? I think mm-hmm. I'm down to like 300 and I barely talk to them. Um, right. But if we actually use the social medias for what they were for, then I can understand with 
um, mm-hmm. some of the expressions that we use, but a lot of times we just it's it's a numbers game. Oh, I got ten thousand, five thousand for what? Right. So, yeah, but in my from my perspective, you don't need that. You don't need ten thousand friends. <laughs> if no, you got yeah, if right. you got if you have a business, then you need ten thousand customers. Mm-hmm. But you don't need ten thousand friends. Ten thousand people weighing in on your intimate aspects of your life or just even your personality or things that you post or whatever, you know, but again, that's contrary to, you know, the, the, the time period that we live in, you know, um, that's old school. What I'm saying is old school. You know, you keep your circle tight and small and intimate. You cannot manage a circle of 10,000 friends. You just can't manage that many people intimately, you know? Um, So, but it is what it is. We're here in this digital age. We're doing what we do. It's all good. We got to just make the time period that we're living in work for us, you know? And I'll say, Uh, start going on your social medias and removing people. Um, Once again, I can speak for myself. I've done this where you follow Mm -hmm. someone because of, you might find them attractive or they made one post you like. And mm-hmm. then you start to realize that this person is pretty annoying. And it's kind of yeah. like, you know, <laughs> you're, you're, you're the one disrupting your peace. You follow mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Nobody asks you to follow this person. But every mm-hmm. time you go on the socials, your peace is disturbed because they said something that just blew your mind. And it's just mm-hmm. like, well, why, do I, why do I follow this person? So mm-hmm. go on to your socials and start unfollowing people who don't uh, serve you, um, who don't serve a purpose. Like I said, I went from a few thousand to around like 300 mm-hmm. and I'm still looking f- to get rid of some people right now. Out of that 300. Yeah, I, out of that 300. <laughs> so yeah, mm-hmm. go ahead. Like it, it'll make you feel good. It'll make you, it'll make you feel better. Um, just mm-hmm. go on the socials and just get rid of them. Unless you, like you said, unless you run into business, yeah, you know, unless you got a podcast, and then you yeah. might want to create a separate page for your pod. My opinion, like create a mm-hmm. separate page because that's where all of the strangers or you know the people who say they support you they'll they'll come, but they they'll come in drones, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you don't want to bring that type of energy to your personal page. This is just my personal opinion. Yeah, because there are some people that say your brand, like keep everything mm-hmm. on one page so everybody knows who you are and what you do. Mm-hmm. There's some people that do say that, mm-hmm. but for me, I would keep it all separated. Um, the social medias, um, right. you know, just to keep the peace in your personal life and your personal page. Yeah, opinion. no, I agree. I agree. You got to separate it out. You know, you really do because, like you say, you know, you have um, people with uh, trolly um, perspectives and trolly behaviors coming into your personal page and all of that. So your business or whatever your public offering, um, you know, uh, should be separated from your personal where you are, you know, connecting with family and people you went to high school with and stuff like that. You know, I totally get that. And I think that that's so cool, which is what Facebook initially was, um, you know, supposed to be. It's supposed to be networking and connecting with people that you went to college with. It was initially a college or school-based platform. And then it kind of grew into, um, you know, all these so-called followers and friends. And now Facebook is more back to this is where, you know, my auntie is posting, you know, we having a cookout. 
you know, and somebody died. And I said years ago, I don't want to, when I saw this social media thing, I was telling people, I don't want to find out your mama died on social media. But guess what? That is what's happening, mm-hmm. you know, and the fact that, you know, um, we have um, we have uh, and and the fact, you know, that the um, platform doesn't show you every post. So yeah. you could have something really happen, really serious or important happen and not see it till two weeks after it's happened, you know, so. Um, you know, I still say to people, call me. If you know me, call me. Like when my mom passed, right, recently. And, you know, people were just commenting under the posts, you know, which is all good for, you know, the majority of people who I don't have an intimate relationship with. But people who I do have an intimate relationship with I, I kind of expected a personal phone call, really. I mm-hmm. really did. You know, um, not that I'm expecting people to behave a certain way, but I just thought that that would have been more appropriate than you putting under the post condolences. Like, you know me personally. Right. You have my phone number. Like, this is a, a situation in my family, a life-altering, you know, situation. If you are intimately connected to me, you, in my perspective, you're supposed to call me directly, you know, because a social media post, although somebody acknowledging something like a, a, a hard challenge in your life or, you know, somebody in your life passing, people acknowledging that, of course, you know, is a wonderful and blessed thing, but it's still distant, you know, it's still disconnected to a degree. So if we are intimate, you know, if you we intimate enough for you to have my personal phone number and something happens and I post that something happens, I think you should call me. And a few people didn't. And I didn't say nothing. But just because I don't talk about it, which is one of the subjects we're going to talk about today, doesn't mean I didn't notice it. Doesn't mean I didn't see it, you know, because surely if something I see something intimate happen in their life. And, you know, I might post under the, I might, um, you know, what do you call it? Put a response under the post. But if I got your number, I'm going to call you or text you or something. I'm I'm probably knowing me, I'm going to call you. And I want to hear your voice. And I want you to hear my voice and the energy. Right. But this is how, you know, this is the space that the social media um, has everybody in. That it's okay to just drop a reply or drop a comment under a post and keep it moving you know keep it scrolling so yeah i um just to piggyback off that just a smidge Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. i've been doing Mm -hmm. is once again i just i guess i'm just getting older and just annoyed with what is right and you can see how things you know just aren't how they used to be Mm -hmm. but for what i've been doing and I can't recall how long I've been doing this, but if it's your birthday, I don't do the whole happy birthday under your post thing no more or something mm-hmm. like that. If I have your number, I would text you directly. I'm a, I'm a texter, so I'm not a caller. I'm not going to call mm-hmm. anybody, but I will mm-hmm. still reach out to you directly on the right. telephone that you know I know that you possess if I have your number right? Um, in a sense of that way. But these conversations are definitely important because I hear what you're saying, mm-hmm. but the more further we go, um, into the future that we're going into, this is going to be the norm. Yeah. Right? And But there are some people who really don't 
see an issue with mm-hmm. what you just said, but there mm-hmm. are people who see an issue with what you just said. So right. um, it's, it's a balance and we are going somewhere, but it's important for us with the podcast to mm-hmm. continue to have these conversations to let people know, hey, I'm not okay with that. It could be about music. It could be about right. food. It could be about anything. Right. You could just say, hey, I remember a time when this is what we did. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. if we don't, it's going to get to where it's going quicker. Yeah. It just desensitizes your humanity, right? And makes it easier for you to stay disconnected from people that you should be connected to. Again, you cannot have an intimate connection with 16,000 people or 1,600 people or really 300 people for that matter. Human beings, the psyche, the the tribal flow of of the human consciousness um, does not work that way. You know, in fact, you know, the, the model for success in the world is always a nucleus of a few people steering the project, the family, whatever, into the particular direction. And then the rest of the corporation, the family, the project carry out the instructions or benefit from what, you know, the nucleus has, you know, worked together on. The smaller the group, the more you can get done. The bigger the group, the tighter the nucleus has to be. Because the nucleus, you know, that smaller intimate connection has to direct the outlay as it grows bigger and bigger and bigger. So the core, the steering body, um, the most intimate center has to be really tight. You know, they got to work together. They got to be simpatico. They have to be flowing. They have to all be on the same page. They have to have one voice in terms of the direction of whatever it is they are steering in corporations in churches in any organized body you always have only a few people a handful of people at the most working together to get that um institution organization or whatever get it doing what the vision is for it to do it ain't everybody in there creating and making the thing go It's just the way that it is. So just like that example, so too is that true for, you know, friendships and intimate relationships, right? Even in organizations where it is a social, you know, organization. It's thousands of people. Just let's say the Greeks, right? Let's say a sorority or fraternity, right? Thousands of people in those organizations, but still they break down into smaller groups, And then within that group, you have people that are connected and close and tight. And within that, you have still people that break down smaller that are close and tight, right? So this idea of, you know, thousands of people that we're connecting to, and it's okay to just pop by um, and, you know, disregard or surrender your capacity to be intimate with that person surrender your connection your human to human connection is really the great setup right and we becoming more and more comfortable and disconnected in our humanity by you know adhering to the digital sphere you know and ai is really kind of like like 
you know, I'm not going to say it's the least of our worries, but it's got to get a doorway somewhere. And the doorway is the insistent, the blindly following the disconnection of communicating with each other in an intimate way, humanity to humanity. That's for real. Yeah. So we on these social media <laughs> platforms and we on all the kind of digital sphere. We on one right now, you know, but it's, it is to, to encourage. Yes, this is a good thing. Yes, it's useful. Yes, it's helpful. But, you know, go hug your mama. You know, call your auntie or your uncles. You know, y'all get together and have a drink or break bread or whatever. And, you know, put the damn phones down and hang out with each other one-to-one -one intimately. You go to somebody's family re reunion now, everybody got their head down scrolling as opposed to up, you know, playing games and, you know, engaging each other, you know? And that's just the encouragement. That's not, we're not trying to knock you off of social media. I got every dang on platform there is. Mm -hmm. Except Snapchat. Nobody won't show me how to use Snapchat. Dang it. I don't see the purpose of Snapchat. <laughs> uh. But Mama Yoga, I got a TikTok. I got an Instagram. I got them all. I got to reboot my Twitter, actually. I, I haven't um, been using my Twitter. But anyway, you know, that that's, that's all I really wanted to share about that. Because I'm going to be on these platforms as well. But, you know, I'm going to go by and visit some people and call people, too. Mm -hmm. Like my sister... Flaw's mama. Mm -hmm. Hey, Pukulada. Shout out Pukulada. Shout out Latanda. <laughs> uh, you know, she. I would call her and she'd be like, why are you calling me? Like, text me. Like, why are you calling me? I don't want to answer the phone. Text me. I'm like, I don't give a blankety blank this is my baby sister right mm -hmm. i do not give a blankety blank that you don't want to answer the phone i'm calling you i want to hear your voice i don't want to see no words on the screen she like you get on my nerves i'm like you get on my nerves too and i'm mm -hmm. happy we got nerves to get on mm -hmm. kisses love you bye <laughs> <laughs> so you know you'll have people that be like the it's rude I sent you a text and you called me. That's rude. You know, yeah. it's all of this, you know, etiquette. But the point is, you know, don't lose your humanity. Don't lose your connection one to the other. You know, we have to know our power and we shouldn't just surrender our powerfulness to any entity. You know, you shouldn't just surrender the power that is encompassed in your mind, body, and energy over to, you know, a non-satient um, being or anything, right? Whether that's an organization, an organization you join, a church, an affiliation, whatever, it's better if you go into these connections standing in your power, Knowing who you are and what you have to offer, what you have to contribute, what it is that you yourself personally can value add to that dynamic and that situation and what it is you'd like to receive from being connected to said organization, community, whatever. 
that's a that's a different perspective. Because oftentimes, let's just talk about, well, let's just talk about church for a minute. Oftentimes, when we connect to a religious or spiritual organization, you know, we are encouraged to understand that we are standing in a space of service, right? That the spiritual or the religious um, doctrine and uh, protocols that we um, experience by connect by being connected to said um, organization or religion or whatever is for our nourishment. And in exchange for that, for understanding how that nourishment should be uh, participated in and manifested, in exchange for that understanding, you can offer your service or be of service to that particular context or structure or organization. I hope I'm making myself clear. What I want to push back on is that if you stand in your own power, when you come into connection with these particular, with any organization, it doesn't have to be religious, but if you're standing in your own power, then you can better see how to serve and to how and how to have that entity serve you. Because even though we'll stay on religion here a moment, spiritual constructs and the keepers of those constructs, the pastor, the reverend, the minister, the guru, the leader, the teacher, whatever is the title. Those are the keepers of the protocols and the constructs of the spiritual or religious uh, doctrine that you're seeking to understand, right? If you go to those communities or those structures already understanding your value, then it is less of an opportunity that you will put yourself in a position where you are devalued, where you're serving without that particular entity, engagement, whatever, serving you as well. And this happens a lot across organizations, communities, what have you. And then people suffer burnout. They feel misused. They feel like, what am I doing this for after a time, right? So if you know your power, if you have made a habit of knowing your value, or at least you value adjacent, <laughs> right? At least you have some modicum that you are not a worthless, lowly, unworthy, you know, terrible, sinning, horrid being, and you have to go to someone else for them to uplift you. That changes your dynamic and your connection, how you come to the table in a particular way. You don't have, you, you most likely, more than likely will not have as much opportunity to be used up. 
as you may if you go in a perspective that you are not worthy or that you don't have anything of value to add to this particular um, space that you are participating in and that it has all the value to add to you. Now, some people might say, oh, Samu, Mama Yoga, that's you thinking way too much of yourself, you know, or somebody's thinking way too much of themselves if they're going to especially like a religious institution and it's like, oh, well, you know, I have something to add too. You know, I can I can add value to what is being offered here. And people do it all the time. They don't think of it that way, though. They say, oh, the people need food. Let me bring sandwiches. Let me begin to offer something. Oh, these I can sing. Let me sing. I am a carpenter. I know how to construct and put things. Let me bring my skills to this particular um, community organization or whatever that I love to help it flourish. I'm adding, but they don't think I'm adding value. They are being encouraged to understand that it is their responsibility to serve as opposed to, listen, we're serving you, so you serve us too. Or we're giving you value and you can share your value with us as well. And then you know, that's how people run into the dynamics of, you know, like I said, being burnt out, feeling like they are just being taken advantage of, feeling like they are just giving, 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 and, you know, not really receiving an earthly manifestation or an earthly set of nourishment. Right? Know your power. Make a habit of assessing your value the beauty within you, what you contribute, what you can contribute, and your value as a divine being. Nobody is worthless. Nobody is just, you know, born to degradation and evil. And now someone else has to raise them up out of that. No, it is a symbiotic, you know, uh, sharing, connected you take care of me, I take it reciprocal exchange. At least that's my viewpoint. Others may not have that viewpoint, but that's my viewpoint. You know, it's like anything. It's like when you even are even in your job situation. You want to you want to work, you want to take on your career or job position from a perspective of you adding value. Not that you need, only need what, you know, that position for the money or whatever. No. Okay, yes, you probably do need the position for the money. I'm not saying that. But you stand more in a space of strength if your perspective is, well, I have something I can contribute. I am offering. I am helping. I am adding value to what I am doing as opposed to, I need them, but I'm not really, I don't really have, you know, I don't really have much to offer. I have, they have more to offer me than I have to offer them. That's what I'm really trying to get to. Does that make sense? Definitely. It makes sense. I mean, you just put it in ways. Um, you put it in words that you usually wouldn't put them in, not you personally, <laughs> um, because right. you can have a job 
mm-hmm. and you go into the job with the wrong energy. I need mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. Ooh, does this job um, bring you peace? Right. Uh, what about everything else? And then you realize that it becomes unbalanced when the money is the money, still the mm-hmm. money. And every mm-hmm. and every week or every two weeks you get paid, you get numb to the check. Mm-hmm. You know, because you know the money is good, but then you get used to it because guess what? The money is spent. Mm-hmm. But what's still fresh is the stress. What's still yes, what's still fresh mm-hmm. is you know the you're unhappy with what you're doing, um, and in a sense to where. You can go take another position or go get another job and the money might not be as great, but, you know, you feel like you're of value um, to the mm-hmm. job and the 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 where you can go in that position or in that organization is uh, limitless. But sometimes a lot of times we just jump into a position because, hey, we need money. And that seems to be all we're focused on. Um, right. So, yeah, right. I was I was in that position. But like I said, mm-hmm. I didn't put it the way you put it. Right. But when you just going, okay, I'm about to get this promotion. I'm about mm-hmm. to be a manager somewhere. I'm about to make some money, but I'm not fulfilled. I'm not happy. I'm not yeah. doing what I want to do. So yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of you know. A lot of people are in that predicament. I mean, the world, the workforce really is built on, you know, people needing per- the the perception of listen, I need money, so I'm just going to work. And really, that's kind of like the worst reason to give your time to someone, something, some entity, you know, of course we need money. All of us need money, right? We're not living in a world where you can just smile and get by on your looks. That was a time, child. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You need uh, economic resources to come into your life. But the thing is, if you are, it's very different if you're standing in your power and if you are doing what it is you love, then it's it's a more about the exchange and the fulfillment of your life and your heart and your capacity and the reward. Then you know the 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 monetary is gravy. You know is a joy. It's like another uh, thing to be joyful about. But you know just to go and be like, okay, well, just use my energy up. And, you know, whatever shekels you want to exchange, then fine. But you just, you know, I'm here because I I need, you know, those shekels. So just use me however you want to use me. No, we want to begin to do things in our power. We want to stand in your power, in your gift, um, and in your strength, right? Everybody has a gift that they were born with. And it's your responsibility to steward, disseminate, share, pull back, control, and offer your gift. Your gift is your responsibility. There are many people I know who are so big hearted, like they just share so openly and they just give and give and give. In the ancient comedic tradition, the ancient um, Osarian tradition, we, those people are said to be ma'at or ma'atic, right? They just give because there's a need, not because they're seeking something in return. Oftentimes when people are big givers, that's their gift, they almost always feel taken advantage of. 
on all of them, every single person I know who has a big giving spirit, big giving heart, at some point they always say they feel like people are taking advantage of them. But the reality of it is, is the giving, that big heartedness is their gift that they are responsible for monitoring, stewarding, and pulling back in if need be. Can't nobody take advantage of you if you don't let them. And a give when you are a giver, oftentimes people give, people who have big hearts give because they, they get a certain fulfillment out of that. But quietly, there's an expectation that the person or the people are going to somehow give back to them. And <laughs> the people that big-hearted givers share with almost never return the capacity or the, as the energy, the gift back to them. So their gift has to come from somewhere else or their giving, their receiving rather has to come from somewhere else. But to me, that's a prime example of having a huge, wonderful gift and not really stewarding that gift, feeling a certain um, obligation and a certain blindness in your giving. But then you feel that people around you are not reciprocating. So it's up to you to say, well, perhaps I will give, but maybe not so much or maybe not in this direction. Or if I'm going to give, I'm just going to give and let it go and not think nothing about it. Your gift is your responsibility. Your gift is up to you to learn, to see how it moves, the energy of your gift, and to really steward your gift. Whether that's singing, whether that's having a big heart and giving, whether that's loving on people, whether that is being communal minded, whether that's like Steve Harvey said, if you can fry fish, your gift will make room for you, that whole speech he does. It's your responsibility. You know, so that's something I kind of wanted to bring to people's attention. Um, it's not the person who you're sharing the gifts with responsibility to say, whoa, 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 slow down. Your gift is, you know, come on, you know, or yes, I, you know, give me your gift. You should give me your gift. No, it's the person who has the gifts responsibility to learn how to deal with and how to share that is a balanced way, mind, body, energy balanced. And a lot of people are confused about that. And so it's the other person's fault for being greedy. No, they going to be greedy. <laughs> they going to take as much as put out there, you know? Yeah. And, and I, I, um, oh, go ahead. Quick. No, go ahead, baby. Um, mm -hmm. Just, you know, 
to put it in, you know, terms that I've been processing it for, you know, in a while. Like I said, you break it down in ways that um, it's more advanced. But quite simply, you know, we're here to be used, right? Mm-hmm. So in the sense that if I'm in your life or somebody's in, you need to use them for however long that they're in your life. So whatever their gift is to you, um, yeah, you need to use them for that gift. And yes, you are correct. You can be a giver. I think that I'm a giver. I think that. But at the same time, you still, that gift comes with um, maybe I'll receive something in return always um, in a sense. Like you don't really think about that, but it's natural for you to be, to feel rejected, dejected, and but still give because that's just who you are. Right. Um, and just real quick, a lot of times we with the homeless people. When homeless people ask you for something, you have some people who go, what are you going to do with it? Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't matter. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to give what mm-hmm. they do with the five dollars or a dollar of food that you to give them with. Right. It's their thing. So you That's can't right. give with. Um, even though we do, we give mm-hmm. with, hmm, what do I get out of this? Or make right. sure you do the right thing with this. Once you give, mm-hmm. you've completed the mission. Right. Absolutely. No, absolutely. I do want to redress uh, something, though. I don't I don't stand in a space that we are put here to be used. That just kind of sounds um, less um, kind then I know what you meant, you know, to just use somebody, use their energy, use their time, use their whatever. You know, I think that we are put here to find reciprocal and agreeable arrangements where we can exchange with one another our value. That's different than being used. I'm looking like right now, on this podcast, we are exchanging each other's gifts. We found a way to work together so that it's a reciprocal exchange of each other's gifts for the betterment of both. I'm talking about you and I, Flaw, specifically, right? Mm-hmm. So I have a certain capacity that I want to share with whoever will listen and whoever God's God, the spirits ancestors send my way. I have a certain message and mission on my heart, a certain gift, if you will. And you flaw have a certain gift of, you know, technological capacity. We have decided to come together for the benefit of disseminating the message. Your gift is helping on one end. So your time, energy, effort is being, you know, accessed by my gift, time, energy, and effort. I'm not using you. You are sharing your gifts and talents in a way that is reciprocal. And so am I. So that's what I meant by I get what you mean by we're put here to be used. And in a certain sense, that really boils down all of those nice ass words I just said. But it really boils it down, but not in that way. It's not being used kind of sounds like usury. 
you know, just a one way benefit. Right. Like when you get in a relationship with somebody, you're not, you know, you want to. OK, let's talk. Let's talk adult. A man and woman having an intimate experience. Right. And the man really just wants her sex. He don't want nothing else. He just wants her sex. Well, in a woman's mind, that could be usury. That could be he could just be using her because her sex in her mind is a doorway to a greater experience, a greater um, a greater exchange. Right. The sex is something that goes along with a longer, more enduring, more connected partnership. But what he wants is to just hit it and be out. And so in that instance, there's a usury happening. But if they both want to use the sex as a, a doorway to a to enhanced, more intimate partnership, then nobody's using nobody. It is a reciprocal exchange with the same purpose in mind. So nobody feels used. Did that, am I making sense here? Yeah, you make sense. I think that we are agreeing. You just... I'm just using those. Yeah, you just using the words. words. Yeah, we're, we're, we're agreeing. Like I said, you just bring it down into ways to where um, you know you probably didn't look at it like that before. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think we're on the same page. Well, nobody wants to think that they're being used or they're here to be used. Anyway, you got to know your gift and steward your gift and share your gift. How's best for you to share your gift? You know, from my own life. Um, you know, I kind of realized a few things about myself, right? And I come from, you know, the Osirian, Osiriset, uh, ancient comedic study of spiritual understanding. And within the capacity of that spiritual training, um, you are taught above all things that, you know, this life is about um, experiencing, you know, bringing your human energy into a balance so that your higher spirituality can guide your life, right? That you're not functioning from an animal perspective. Animals just surviving, you know, um, you know, just here to eat food, clothing, shelter, surviving. That's an animalistic perspective, right? It's aggression, it's physical prowess, it's, you know, it's the reptilian and the mammalian brains at work within the human beings. The human is the thinking, you know, the thinking ape, if you will, the thinking being. We didn't come from no damn apes, but I'm just saying the thinking mammal, right? The capacity to use thought, and reasoning to deduct understanding in life. That's humanity. That's your humanness. Your spirituality, your spiritual self comes from the higher aspect of your uh, frontal lobe, your pineal gland, you know, the hypothalamus, the pituitary axis, that whole glandular system helps us connect to what is known as the higher aspect of our consciousness, the connectedness to source, the connectedness to spirituality. So in the Osirian initiation, uh, one is taught to function as much as possible 
from the higher aspect, from the spiritual connected, spiritually connected dynamics of your consciousness, right? So in that regard, the mundane manifestations and behaviors of earthly life, of everyday life, um, are really of no consequence or should not be leading why you do something. Your spiritual connectedness and spiritual understanding should be leading your human instinct and your animalistic behaviors. Right? I'm going somewhere with this. So within that understanding, if that's your philosophy and understanding of life, then your whole life is walking the high road. Don't matter you grew up in the projects. Don't matter that you got a fight in you. Don't matter that you know how to, you know how to sling the sling mud as you know as strongly as anybody else. Once you get exposed to a certain spiritual doctrine, the expectation not from not just from the gatekeepers or the teachers in that philosophy, but the, the doorways that have opened within your own spirit, the expectation is that you would function from the high road, a higher manifestation of behavior, thought process, and action than what you may be encountering. Sometimes the high road need to be under construction. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, you've just dealt with so many people going back to your gift, right? So mm -hmm. many people who you feel have taken advantage of your capacity to stay on the high road that you feel a little blunted. You feel a little challenged to stay cheery and joyful and to try to see things from, you know, a divine or high perspective, right? You want to reel your gifts in and just kind of, you know, hermit a little bit or stay out of, you know, the light so that you can repair the mm -hmm. high road within you because it's been trampled over quite a bit. You know, so some people like from my own life recently, maybe a year ago, it was a situation where I was um, working with some individuals. And the person, the female I was working with, you know, her her philosophy on life was sling as much mud as you possibly can sling. Throw as much dirt as you can throw fight as hard as you could fight. She lived in the animal and the mammalian brains. She lived very, um, you know, just very um, harshly mm -hmm. in terms of her behavior. The era that I made was getting in the mud with her. 
I, I can't do the mud. I know how to do mud. Early years projects, Trenton. I know how to do mud. And sometimes I even throw the first set of dirt. <laughs> Ain't nobody perfect at this stuff, at this high road. But what life lessons have taught me is that I should not do the mud. Because a person who is going up, I'm, I'm, I'm engaging that with, is much better at it. You know, my whole energy is harmony. Even if I may present a rebuttal to someone's behavior or their, um, their conversation towards me, I still want harmony. And I still think the best of humanity, which is sometimes annoying as hell. Because here you are thinking the best of humanity and humanity keeps showing you the worst. Sometimes the high road need to be constructed under construction. So needless to say, I got my ass handed to me in the mud fight. Right? Because she's that's what she do. She better at mud. It wasn't your fight. No, I didn't fight my fight. I fought her fight. Mm -hmm. And packed up my ball and went home. <laughs> I don't want to play no more. The high road had to go under construction. Sometimes when you're a person who, you know, that's your philosophy, you know, like our dear forever POTUS, uh, forever uh, FLOTUS, First Lady, Michelle Obama says, when they go low, we go high. Sometimes when that's your philosophy, you know, it just kind of feels like you don't get paid out for your reward, going back to your gifts, right? And stewarding your gifts. Sometimes it don't, you feel like you don't get paid out for taking the high road because the people still seem like they just getting away we're behaving any old kind of way, you know? Just like in my life, if I don't say nothing, oftentimes, I mean, I say something when I see somebody behaving weirdly. Are you there, Flaw? We flows a little bit. Yeah, flows a little bit. I'm here. You good? Okay. Yeah. So many times I will see somebody acting and behaving a certain way or even behave a certain way towards me and I won't say anything. In their behavior, I know in their mind because their behavior indicates that they perceive it's okay to still behave that way because I have not said nothing. Talking about the high road. But it doesn't mean it's okay. It means that I'm choosing not to address it because I got, you know, the mud is building up on the side. And what I need is the high route. <laughs> so sometimes when you're a person who your philosophy is, I'm taking the high road, it feels like you're not being paid out for taking the high road. Because the people still seem like they are getting away with the shit that they're doing. That's not right. But the reality of it is, is that the minute someone with a philosophy, let me keep my energy high, let me keep my vibration, you know, strong, leaves that 
way of behaving and joins the person in the mud, they automatically lose. You just, you just lose. This goes back to the same conversation that we had a couple of shows ago where the earn your leisure boys went to go sit and talk with Joe Budden and they stayed on the high road, man. You know, he was slinging mud. His boys were slinging mud. But the way that they dealt with it was exemplary. And it caused a little bit of a self-reflection. You know, because I could see me talking shit back to Joe Button. But that was that would not I would have lost. You see the way that they stayed composed and on the point of what they were on his show about the way that they knew it was kind of like Zen warriors, right? I know this move. I know this opponent. I know this opponent is going to behave this way. Let me just keep my peace and move through the same philosophy of the high road. So in reflecting of the best course of action, just because I don't say nothing, doesn't mean your behavior is correct. Just because I don't say anything doesn't mean your behavior won't be addressed. Just because I still smile at you and I still offer you pleasantries and good greetings does not mean that the way that you are behaving is correct and that it will not be addressed at some point. What it means is I am responsible for my gifts. I am responsible for my energy. I'm responsible for the vibration that flows through me. And I'm not surrendering that to nobody. Slinging mud. Because then my vibration gets covered. And I'll have to work my way back out of that. I never win when it's mudslinging. I have to do something else. Yeah, absolutely. And if that's not your energy, you can get an adrenaline rush for a few seconds so you can give somebody peace of your mind. But then you go back to wanting to find your peace. Yeah. But you just might have excited the mudslinger. Right. And this is what they do. So now you just... You know, you 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 poked your head out of the rabbit hole just to put it back down and mm-hmm. try to rebuild that energy. And, you know, you you watch yourself have an out-of-body experience. Mm-hmm. And you like, mm. let me bring it back in. Meanwhile, the mm-hmm. mudslinger is at full throttle now. Mm-hmm. You're talking their language. And they're happy that you wanted to, you know, throw some mud because they can't wait to tell you more about yourself. For whatever reason, whatever problem this person has with you mm-hmm. is their problem, right? They, they got to checklist they have paragraphs of things they don't like about you mm-hmm. and they've only told you half of it and you wanting to throw mud at them will allow them to unleash the other half mm-hmm. um and but as you sit there you know in your peace um letting them and like you were saying it kind of feels like you're being defeated you know because mm-hmm. somebody's just piling on to you just piling on and eventually i'll tell you about yourself what mm-hmm. you just don't want though is it for it to come out as a big volcano eruption mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. i've sat here i've taken this verbal thrashing mm-hmm. for a while and here i am about to explode and as i'm mm-hmm. exploding i'm watching myself 
mm-hmm. lose my cool. I think most of us have been there. And yeah. we just pull it back. But that doesn't save us from the mudslinger because yeah. you just extended, you know, that mudslinger's, you know, you just extended whatever issue you have with this person because, you know, they're going to give you peace of their mind more now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. And they feel um, like you said, you, you said it best. They feel empowered. You know, they feel juiced up, you know, because, you know, this is what they do. This is their realm. They comfortable. They don't know what the hell to do with no peaceful they energy. Don't. They'll, and here's, they'll they're say, like, what? I know you're not talking. I, I just, mm-hmm. that's the only thing I said. All the, they, they, they can't wait for you to say, I know you're not talking. What more right. have you got to say about me? Like, you've been right. talking about me this whole time. Yeah, I did mm-hmm. speak mm-hmm. up. And, you know, I, I even did it in a way that I wasn't too comfortable with it. But I, mm-hmm. I, I let it boil um, and it exploded. And it's mm-hmm. not like me. Keep in mind, uh, just real quick, and let you get back. But I am on hour twenty-one of a fast. Oh, yeah, it's my second Sunday uh, doing twenty-four hours. I do from six Saturday six p.m. to Sunday six p.m. So, mm-hmm. uh, you, okay. Well, let me finish this mudslinger, but we are gonna get to this fast because I gotta <laughs> ask about this. Let me wrap this up. Okay, so yeah, so you know. It is, it is really um, a very high and strong, it's a lot of power to be able to hold your emotions and your energy in check when in face, when, when faced with um, a contrary situation. That's a powerful person. The person who immediately goes to screaming and yelling and fussing and backstabbing and backbiting and all of this they they functioning out of the lowest selves the lowest possible they basically savage you know but the person who can calm stay calm keep their peace withdraw or engage in as peaceful a way as they can whatever the situation calls for the person who walks who keeps constructing, who keeps repairing and keeps walking on that high road is a great deal of strength. That's a powerful person. It is so easy to just act in your animal emotional self and just tell somebody off or, you know, start throwing dirt back at them. The strength is really in maintaining and keeping your peace. And again, the misunderstanding is that if you are flowing in a peaceful way, that you don't care, that you're not emotional about the situation, that you just want to let people say whatever you want and walk all over you. That is not the truth. Because really somebody who behaves like that, the, the person that I cited at the beginning of this is quite miserable. That's not me slinging mud. That is a well-known observation from everybody around that person. They're just a very unhappy person. And in spiritual culture, we say, you know, the ancestors, God, take care of that. Take care of them. What's worse than being miserable your whole life and thinking that your whole life is out to get you? Like your life is against you. So that's why you got to make other people's lives miserable. Because in your mind... It's nothing but misery. That's a that's that's a sad dynamic, you know. So just because a person 
chooses to take the high road, don't mistake that for weakness. Don't mistake that for permission to continue acting, you know, your savage, incorrect self. Because the person on the high road, you know, they don't have to do much. Spirit's going to take care of that. Or something will surface around to where they'll be able to address it in a less caustic way, but a very poignant way nonetheless. Yeah. So I I remember putting on my Facebook one time, the high road is under construction. Don't call me because I'm not on the high road right now. It's going to be a whole lot of mud slinging, even though, you know, mud is not where I'm supposed to be at. But, you know, and then I say, okay, got to fix that because that's not who you are. That's not what you're supposed to be doing. So for those of you out there listening, stay on the high road. Keep repairing your high road. If somebody around you just is insistent on being, you know, misbehaving and evil, then you have to remove yourself from that person. Because, you know, if they can't be reasoned with, if they just if they're just intent on misbehaving or acting, you know, out, you can't do nothing about that no way. So it ain't no sense in you surrendering the peace and the tranquility of your spirit and getting mud on you. (laughs) You know, you can remove yourself from the situation and the spirit will take care of it for you. Staying on the high road, stewarding your gifts and knowing your power and your value and going to a situation, no matter what it is, from a strong position of I am valuable I am honored in my own spirit. I have my gifts. I know my gift. I want to share and disseminate my gift with a high degree of stewardship. And I ain't letting nobody pull me off the high road. And that's that. For real. Flaw, let's talk about this fasting right quick. Yeah, it's nothing. nothing what to, kind of fast are you doing? Well, I just drink water. Just water? Yeah. So it's For 24 hours? Yeah, it's just been waters from Saturday night till Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. How you feel? Are you? Do you work out? I work out fasted every morning, but I don't work out Friday and Saturday and, Saturday and Sunday. But I would, if this, if this was my gym schedule, I would work mm-hmm. out and not worry about... Um, losing muscle or anything like that. Um, I think mm-hmm. I've done enough research and watched mm-hmm. enough TikTok videos to understand that. Uh, <laughs> TikTok. Um, you know, you're you're not going to lose too much mass, and at the same time, I'll be forty soon. I don't need yeah to be looking like the Incredible Hulk. I just want to be healthy. So, yeah. I mean, if you see me a little thinner, mm-hmm. just understand that I'm healthy. I'm healthier. Yeah. You know, it's not really about you know just trying to look the part. Is you know you, you want to be the part. So. Right. That's awesome. I'm so proud of you. I think that that's awesome. So you are having water is bottled water, I would assume. Mm-hmm. OK, so let me make this suggestion because, you know, this is kind of my wheelhouse. Um, I started fasting as well. In fact, you know, from being, um, you know, 30 year in the Osirian priesthood, we would fast four times a year um, during the solstice, the equinox, you know, for mm-hmm. the four holy times a year. Um but we were never encouraged to fast long periods of time with just water. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you why It's because, you know, part of one of the reasons that you fast is um, to um, 
give the digestion a rest, mm-hmm. right? 60 to 80% of your waking energy is spent on digesting, right? Mm-hmm. So you want to give your digestion a rest. Uh, 80% of your immunity is in the digestive tract, all right? So if we're constantly feeding the body, it is constantly trying to digest. It never gets a chance to fully detox and rest when it should. So that's a great reason to fast. Um, We weren't trained to fast specifically on water only because when you fast, then the body sees an opportunity because it's not digesting to take that energy and now begin to detox the blood, detox the organs, detox, break down the fat, the fat walls off toxins on our body. It is a storage, a source of energy and storage fat on our body. So when you begin to fast, if you're only using water, the toxins that are released don't really have an energy source that helps usher them out without strong detox symptoms. So fasting on green juices, just green juices, right? Uh, Not chewing, uh, a fast from chewing, I would call that. And using green juices helps detox the body, right? Um, And I am currently, like I said, doing um, um, intermittent fasting. And every twice a week, I do a 36-hour fast. So mine starts tonight, 7 o'clock. I won't have anything tomorrow morning. I will have um, infused water. That's how I do mine. And let me show you. I'm going to go get it. Give me one second. Get my scarf back in there. Make it all look like one. So infused water. And it is, I like to call it a garden in a jar. Where's the damn camera? Oh, a garden garden in a glass, right? Mm -hmm. And it is cucumbers, lemon, ginger, and parsley chopped up, put it and just put water over it and just keep pouring water over it. And obviously this is empty because I drank most of it, you know, and what that does is it gives your body nutrients to carry out the toxins, right? And 36 hours is actually the sweet spot where autophagy or autophagy, which is the body's cleaning system, really kicks in like after 24 hours 18 to 24 hours your body goes into autophagy which is this real cleaning all the viruses all the bacteria that's not necessary old cells tumors that you don't even know you're growing the body goes and burns all of that for fuel and gets rid of it you know if you had any kind of virus there is um um, cells of that virus still stored away in your organs. That's why if somebody could get like Lyme disease or COVID, they can re- it'll resurface because or their joints start hurting and all this because it's all tucked away in the organs. Mm-hmm. If somebody's had any type of venereal um, experience, even though you may have gotten the cure, there are still remnants of that tucked away in your joints, in your fat cells, in your organs. And all that needs to happen is is a reignition or reignition of those cells. So when we go on a fast, we want to give the body some level of nutrient 
to help clean it out. And the autophagy, you know, really, really kicks in at 18 to 24 hours. And then 36 hours, your body's on. It's just burning up everything that's not nailed down because it will use it for set for fuel. Mm -hmm. Right. So the infused water is also very hydrating and it's more bioavailable to your body than regular purified or spring water. It's got minerals, it's got electrolytes, and it really is a much better way to water fast than just pure straight water. You know, you can do pure straight water maybe once or twice, I would think, but you want to give the body an assistance for what it is you're trying to do. And somebody might say, well, you got lemon juices in there. In there. Doesn't that break the autophagy? No, because you're going to drink the water and then it's nothing. It's not like the body got to digest this. The bo- it, it's water. It'll absorb it. The kidneys, the black, it will absorb it. And then especially with the lemon and the cucumber will flush the liver. Whoa. And the, Mm-hmm. No, and well, the, let me just finish. Okay. And the liver is the body's main detoxifying, one of the body's main detoxifying organs. I'm pretty sure liver. what I'm about to say is not better than the natural um, water that you're drinking. But I do. Um, I purchase this superfood. It's a drink mm-hmm. and it's lung, heart, liver. And I forgot what else, but it, you know, it's the vitamin that we mm-hmm. ignore because you know we just want certain types mm-hmm. of vitamins but um and i'm not going to give them no you know shout out on the uh, uh video but it's a it's a form of nectar that i do take right right um, okay why you break it why you doing your fast yeah so okay. i took it earlier this morning mm-hmm. also when i when i do work out the same mm-hmm. company also sells a fasting drink which is mm-hmm. filled with electrolytes. Like I said, mm-hmm. it's not as, you know, healthy or as, you know, homemade as yours, but there, yeah, there are tricks to it. It's, yeah. And not just water. Um, yeah. But, you know, this is the main thing. Like if I feel hungry, I'll drink yeah. the water and the water kind of will help out a little bit. Um, other yeah. than that, I don't really need water when I fast. Like I'm not thirsty, mm-hmm. but if I get hunger pains, mm-hmm. I'll drink the water. But on a morning when I'm fasting, I'll still take a pre-workout, which... Yep. Zero, zero in calories. Yep. Um, and I also take the electrolyte uh, supple, uh, liquid that you mm-hmm. pour into your water and you and you sip while you work out. Right. And it allows you know to get the electrolytes in your body. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. So yeah. It's it's not a thousand percent just water. Mm-hmm. But I do, like I said, take a super food. Yeah. Drink, Me too. Drink. Me too. During fasting times. Yeah. So this yeah, way. Me it, too. It goes. That's it. It just. It's yep. just, it's, it tastes great and it just goes right into the body and boom, yep. there you go. Yep, yep, yep. Me too. Me too. There are people who are very strict though, and they say water only. And there's actually a group that I'm a part of um, that has they do like you know these water only fasts and challenges and all that. And you know I support them and I respect them. Um, I just um, you know am going to do this. And then maybe just one thing or what, but the 36 hours, you know, so tonight, seven o'clock all the way tomorrow, seven o'clock. And then when I wake up Tuesday morning is when it'll be time to quote unquote refeed. And that's always with, you know, warm broth. I have my super, my superfoods um, greens that I use as well. Um, and that, and um, 
you know, I'll have a raw juice. I take um, a raw juice that is a liver, um, liver cleanse. And then later on that day, you know, I'll have, you know, a plated meal, like, you know, salad, soup or whatever, not anything big, but 36 hours, you know, that's the 24 is good too. 24 is great, you know, um, but 36 hours is really when you get, you know, a lot of um, cleaning going on. And that's what I want. I want not just, you know, to to lose, you know, the extra fluff that's on my body. Y'all can tell Mama Yoga's cheeks is pretty pump. <laughs> but, you know, I'm down quite a few, you know, um, pounds. And I don't want, it's not just the aesthetics I want. You know, I'm at a, a more elder stage now. <laughs> and, you know, I want this body to be strong, this brain to be strong for the long haul, for all the days um, that I am blessed to, to be here, you know? So that is why, that's why I'm, you know, taking this initiative for myself. I'll you know? say to anybody looking to try 24 mm -hmm. hours or 36 hours, um, mm -hmm. stay, stay, stay active. I think that mm -hmm. if you stay active, the time will fly. You won't even know. Yep. Um, stay hydrated. Um, just, just keep, you know, drinking your, your water or your electrolytes and your, mm -hmm. um, you know, your vitamin water is not the actual drink, but, you know, things that you homemade remedies like mama yoga made and time mm -hmm. will fly. And eventually, cause like I said, I'm already, yep. I guess it's because I'm sitting and I'm not able and I'm, my mind is, you know, mm -hmm. not, I'm focused. I can feel it happening. So that's so why I was able to look at my watch and I'm like, you know, 22 hours, 23, 21 hours into my 24 hour fast, but I got here. I yes, was you did. I, I got it. That's here. right. And right. That's it, right. It's only a few hours left. You don't put yeah. that type of work in just to be like, oh, when the, on the twenty third hour, I quit. <laughs> yeah. What's the point? No. And it's really, it's really mind over matter. It really it's is. It's about discipline. it's really your mind because your body is like our bodies are designed to go long periods of time mm -hmm. without food. You know, that's just you know a prehistoric, if you will. I know a lot of Afrocentric people don't like that term, but prehistoric wiring of the phys the human um, vessel mm -hmm. is we're designed to go long periods of time without consuming food. You know, your body, the fat on your body is actually fuel. It is, it is energy, you know, for when you don't have food, you know, so um, it's mind over matter, mm -hmm. you know, and there's also breathing techniques you can do, to, you know, change your energy. You can walk, you can even get on the rebounder, which is what I love to do. You know, get on the rebounder, jump up and down, get that lymphatic moving. And it's not really, you know, extreme exercise, but it's energizing. And then you go drink you some garden in a glass, honey, or some regular water or some, like you said, some super greens or just water and you, your body will be, you'll be all right. Get that mind. It's mind over matter for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, Flo. Yep. Well, I think we did the darn thing. Mm -hmm. um, listen, thank you all so much for tuning in. We appreciate y'all. We should do a poll. Um, and the poll is, do you take the high road or sling mud or something like that? Well, Flo, I'll get it together. Yeah. you know, specifically, but let's, let's uh, engage our viewers and um, listen till next time. Don't let nobody tell you you're the wrong size, shape or color or age to do something wonderful with your life. Peace and love. See you next time. Mm -hmm.